That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. And that, I, I love to read statements like that in the Bible because then it really evokes a question. Well, what did Jesus do? That's what Jesus did. Well, what did he do? What did he do? What did he do by dying for us? What did he do by rising for us? What did he do? So that's where we're going today. And it's not just to look back at the past. It's not just to look forward to the future. But it's really very much about today. What did Jesus do? So would you like to stand with me? And could we read out loud from the screen? Uh, let's, let's read this together. Jesus, with a loud cry, gave his last breath. There were women watching from a distance. Among them, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of the younger James and Joseph and Salome. When Jesus was in Galilee, these women followed and served him and had come up with him to Jerusalem. Late in the afternoon, since it was the day of preparation, that is Sabbath Eve, Joseph of Arimathea, a highly respected member of the Jewish council, came. He was one who lived expectantly on the lookout for the kingdom of God. Working up his courage, he went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate questioned whether he could be dead that soon and called for the captain to verify that he was really dead. Assured by the captain, he gave Joseph the corpse. Having already purchased a linen shroud, Joseph took him down, wrapped him in the shroud, placed him in a tomb that had been cut into the rock, and rolled a large stone across the opening. Mary Magdalene and Mary, mother of Joseph, watched the burial. Thank you. Please be seated. In case there is any doubt, Jesus died on the cross. I mean, look at the words that you find in this passage. His last breath. Jesus' body. Dead. The corpse. The linen shroud. That's, that's a grave wrapping. Tomb. Large stone. Burial. Jesus died on the crowd. No, no question. Now Mark is writing this story. Mark has no doubt whatsoever Jesus died. And there were witnesses of his death. It wasn't just a private death. There were people watching. There were these three ladies who followed him. Mary Magdalene, Mary, Salome. There was Joseph of Arimathea who was a religious leader of his day, who was just really intrigued with the message that Jesus was announcing and declaring that there's a better day. The kingdom of God has arrived. There's Pilate, the Roman governor. There's the captain, the captain of the, the troops that were on the hill where they crucified Jesus. All of these are telling us through Mark's story that, that Jesus died. And not only are these witnessing his death, but also they're witnessing his burial. So from what we read, just shout out a name of a witness to the burial of Jesus. Okay. Mary. 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 (laughs) There's two Marys. Okay. Joseph. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, then there's, there's guards that were posted. So again, we have witnesses to his death. We have witnesses to his burial. And it's, I mean, the timeline is kind of an amazing timeline. Because Jesus, we had Good Friday, so we celebrate the death of Jesus on Good Friday. The Bible tells us he died at 3 in the afternoon. And that these women, plus others, were still there. They were grieving his, his death. That's when Joseph of Arimathea went to Pilate. He had to get up the courage. I mean, what do you think his fear was? Well, if he killed Jesus and I'm interested in Jesus, he might kill me. So he was courageous. Can I have the body? Uh, Pilate can't believe that Jesus has died already. Usually it took longer for people to suffer and die. That were, It's a horrible death. Like it could be days. So Jesus died in a day. Short time. So Pilate gets confirmation of his death from, from the captain that was in charge of the troops that crucified him. Joseph removes the body from the cross and he places it in his family tomb. The women that are there, they follow along. They, they see where the tomb is. And all of that happens before 6 in the evening. That's a lot happening before 6 in the evening. Because 6 in the evening on Friday, which is Saturday, which gets confusing between our time and biblical time, everybody has to be home for the Sabbath, except for the Roman guards that are posted at the grave. Once Jesus is in the tomb... We've had a cross, and now we have a tomb. It it just beckons back three times in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, Jesus took the twelve and began again to go over what to expect next. Listen to me carefully. We're on our way up to Jerusalem. When we get there, the Son of Man will be betrayed. They're not going to celebrate my arrival with the message of the kingdom of God recognizing me as Messiah, they're not going to. Even though the religious have spent most of their life looking for Messiah, I don't fit their expectation. So they're going to betray me. And they're going to sentence me to death. I'm going to be condemned by religious people in Jerusalem. And while they don't have the authority to execute me, they're going to turn to the Romans, who are their oppressors, who they don't want to have any contact with at all. And they're going to sentence me to death. So they'll hand me over. They'll mock me. They'll spit on me. They'll give me the third degree and they'll kill me. Now Jesus, is he knows this is going to happen. This is before it happens. He knows This is what I'm destined to. But not only that, after three days, he will rise. Now, Jesus didn't say, I'll be in the tomb three whole days. Because he wasn't in the tomb three whole days. And the tomb three days portions of. Friday from three to six. All day Saturday. Sunday, about six in the morning. Something happens to fulfill. Would you like to stand with me again? Let's read again. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary and the mother of James and Salome brought spices so they could embalm him. Very early on Sunday morning, as the sun rose, they went to the tomb. 
They worried out loud to each other. Who will roll back the stone from the tomb for us? Then they looked up, saw it had been rolled back. It was a huge stone, walked right in. They saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed all in white. They were completely taken aback, astonished. He said, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, the one they nailed on the cross. He's been raised up. He is here no longer. You can see for yourselves that the place is empty. Now, on your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he's going on ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there exactly as he said. They got out as fast as they could beside themselves, their heads swimming, stunned. They saw nothing. (laughs) Incredible. Please have a seat. These responses to the empty tomb to me are like so incredibly real. You know, there are people that say this is just a made-up story. This is a religious story. This is not, this would not be the response. If you're writing a myth or you're writing a fable or you're writing a religion, this is not, you wouldn't, this is too real. Isn't it? They were completely taken aback, astonished. I love it when angels show up. Every time angels show up, what what do angels always say? Don't be afraid. Why do they say that? Because they're terrified. They are afraid. This is like, whoa, unnerving. And then they got out as fast as they could beside themselves. Their heads are swimming, stunned. They're stunned. They said nothing to anyone for a time. Then they reported. Dearest friends, the cross and the empty tomb are central to our faith. Without our celebration of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we have nothing. Long ago, the church decided, hey, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta have some standards. We gotta have, we gotta put the statement of faith down. These are the essentials of our faith. The Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. That forever encases the fundamentals, the foundations of our faith. In that statement, I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. Who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. Our faith rests upon the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Historical fact. But it doesn't stop there because we also believe in the forgiveness of sins. The resurrection of our bodies and the life everlasting. Amen. So when you come out of the past... Into the present, the thing that I want us to kind of live our lives on today are those three things. One, the forgiveness of sins. In John's gospel, he says that John the Baptist saw Jesus and declared, Hey, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
So very early, Jesus is recognized as someone that's going to deal with, with sin. In John's gospel, sin, sin is not, it's not, it's not this list of the bad things we do. In John's gospel, it's a condition. It's, it's a malady that all human beings share. And I, I would just, in my, in my words, this is, what, this is how I would describe it. I, I think that all of us are addicted to self-destruction. I think that we choose regularly to live in delusion rather than in truth. I believe it's hard for us to face reality. If you track that back, that's how it started in the garden. Eve wasn't evil. Eve didn't actually do a bad thing in the sense of hey, God had... I mean, they, she, she, she went against this word. Adam followed. But actually, they were deceived. We're gullible. We're easily deceived. That's our condition. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way. And it's on this cross that Jesus dealt with that condition. That's what's so incredible about the cross. Jesus takes away our sin by the expiatory power of his death on the cross. Our condition is addressed by his act of atonement on the cross... Just as the lamb was sacrificed for the covering of sin in the Old Testament. That foreshadowed the lamb of God who would shed his blood once and for all to take away the condition of sin. To create a new people that could live above this condition. We're all invited Regardless of where we are in living our lives, we are all invited to receive the benefit of this saving work. So I want you, as I go on, I want you to think, yeah, are there some, are there some lies? Am I living my life based upon some lies? Or am I living my life in truth? Because this is a day of forgiveness. This is a day to come out of the cloud of lies and live in truth. It's not, it doesn't stop there. The resurrection of the body. This is, I, I had a friend who was doing a Bible study and, and somebody just spoke up and said, you know, I've been in church all my life and I don't really get this Easter thing. My friend was like, what? <laughs> so I just kind of experimented on a group of guys that I hang out with. And I asked about the body that was, was what, what kind of body did Jesus show up after his, well, well, that's his heavenly body. I said, what do you mean that's his heavenly body? That, that was his body, his body, the body that was broken and bruised and wounded, the body that was put in the tomb, that was the body that's raised. Not some magical body that dropped out of heaven. I mean, because if it was like, the earth, where'd the earthly body go? You, I mean, yeah, that body's changed. But folks, hey, hello. 
When the body is put in the grave, it's raised. That, I mean, huh? What? No wonder they were stunned. No wonder they were astonished. We have never seen this before. Paul writes, if corpses can't be raised, then Jesus wasn't. Because he was indeed dead. (laughs) dead. We're talking dead. There was no life. Dead. And if Christ was not raised, then we're all... (laughs) All we're doing is wandering about in the dark, as lost as ever. It's even worse for those who've died, hoping in Christ and resurrection, because they're already in the graves thinking they're going to be raised. If all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for a a few short years. I got to stop on that phrase. If all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for a few short years. We're a pretty sorry lot. See, I mean, that just draws me. I mean, what are we doing as people that gather weekly? Are we just trying to get a little inspiration from Jesus so we just kind of make it by? Oh, man, I got to think about that. Is that what we look for in the books we read or the tapes we listen to or the talks and whatever? Just, I just give me a little, a little inspiration. Just get me, get me over this hum. Man, if that's who we are, wow. But there's truth. The truth is that Christ has been raised up. Jesus has raised from the dead. The first and a long legacy of those who are going to leave the cemeteries. Bodies will leave the cemeteries. Your body. If you live this life and you fall asleep, as the Bible calls it, you die, and your body is placed in a grave and dirt's put over it, the day will come when your body will leave that grave. The same body, even though it's going to be a little decayed, that's one of my friends said, well, I think it's just like dust, it's just dust. Well, yeah, but it's, it's I don't know. How, I mean, how do you describe what God does? You know, how do you make a rational argument for an irrational God? How, how do you do that? He doesn't play by the same rules. Pinch yourself. Would you pinch yourself? This body, this body isn't going to go away. This is not a throwaway body. Any more than that this is a throwaway universe. This is God's. This is God's. You're going to be raised from the dead. Your body's going to be raised from the dead. Now, that that ought to get us through the day. (laughs) Don't you think? I mean, that's more than just a little inspiration. That's an oh golly gee whiz. This is incredible. Life everlasting. 
There was a time when Jesus was faced with the death of a very close friend. And his sisters, one of them being Martha, said, Master, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask God for, he will give you. And Jesus said, your brother will be raised again. There, there will be resurrection. Martha replied, I know. I know he'll be raised up in the resurrection at the end of times. So Judaism has affirmed resurrection from the dead. That's part of Judaism. So for a long time, people believed in this resurrection thing. The timing of it is a little off with Jesus. Jesus says, you don't have to wait for the end. I am. I am right now in this moment, resurrection and life. Gosh, read these. Just listen, listen. Take these words in. Everyone who believes in Jesus, even though he or she dies, will live. Everyone who lives believing in Jesus does not ultimately die at all. Take that in. Just take, let it soak in. Each of us who believes in Jesus, even though we die, will live. All of us who live believing in him, in Jesus, we do not ultimately die at all. And here's, here's the big question. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I mean, I wish, I mean, I wish we could just sit down, just face to face, the two of us. Do you believe that? Just go around the room. Do you believe that? I, for one, I believe it. I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And, and I believe that I will not die. I will fall asleep. That, that day will come. And I'll be present with the Lord. And then the day of resurrection will come. And the the material part of me will come out of the grave and it will be joined with the immaterial part of me and I'll have a new body and a new life forevermore. I believe that. I believe that is the truth. I believe. Do you? But, you know, it goes beyond believing it. It goes into, do we live this? You know, belief can be belief, but if we're not living it, it's hollow. We must live our belief. That's what Jesus did. This is where we find it. Again, listen to the impact of the death and the resurrection of Jesus for today. Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Jesus. A decisive end to that sin-miserable life, that condition of self-destruction. No longer at sin's beck and call, 
What we believe is this. If we get included in Jesus' sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him. But alive, he brings God down to us. From now on, from now on, today, based upon the death and the resurrection of Jesus, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. I can't think of a better way to describe new life now than a passage like that. So it really comes down to what voice are we listening to? What voice is dancing around in our head? Now, I know very well the father of lies, the evil one, he's still alive. He's still kicking. And he's still inviting us to live in denial and delusion. And I know that occasionally I listen to his voice. I know you do too. But notice, it's not the language we speak. So at the same time that the the liar is lying and what's going on in our heads, God's speaking. And his voice can be, his voice can be heard and it's our mother language. Have you ever wondered why God's voice, when you listen to God, sounds a lot like your own? Because he's speaking your tongue, your language. He's cutting through the other stuff to get to you. Jesus wants us to live free from lie and fully in truth. And that's the invitation today. The death and the resurrection of Jesus allow us to be people who are fully alive to relationship with the living God. I think that's like incredible. And all he asks from us He just asks for us to receive. Let me give this. Let me give life to you. Let me give forgiveness to you. Let me give and give and give and give. I thought about my, you know, my birthdays are kind of, you know, I'm kind of stacking up birthdays. So I can, I can remember back. Do you know, there's not a single birthday when somebody offered me a gift that I said, oh, I don't want it. <laughs> Who it t- Is there anybody in this room that has been offered a gift on your birthday and you said, no, no, thanks, I don't want it. Now, you might not have liked it, but it's kind of like those little white lies. Oh, thanks so much. I'm not, not sure what I'm going to do with this. But you still received it, right? Right? So, I mean, what, what's the hang-up? Why, why do we refuse to receive from God what he's given to us? Especially 
when it's something we can't get on our own. So could, could we just like stand together and could we just say, God, here we are. We just want to receive the gifts that you're providing for us today as just ordinary people. I believe that some of us, um, we need to receive. We need to receive forgiveness. And again, forgiveness is not just the bad things we do. Forgiveness for for sin can be the things that we've just been duped into believing lies. And so, forgiveness can be a, a forgiveness like it moves us, knocks us out of that condition. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you provide forgiveness of sin today based upon your death and your resurrection. Lord, some of us this day, we, we need, we need forgiveness. We need to be awakened to truth. We need you to shake us out of a lie or delusion or denial. So, Lord... We want to receive that gift. Lord, there are also things that we've done that we are not very, uh, we know are evil. They're wrong. We've blown it. We need forgiveness for that too, Lord. Lord, for those of us that are in need of forgiveness, thank you that that forgiveness is there for the asking. Friends, I can't ask. I can't ask. I can only ask that we acknowledge you. Only you can say, hey, hey, Jesus, forgive me, please. So just take a moment. If you're in need of forgiveness, just say, forgive me, Lord. I believe that some of us are in need of being reminded of the resurrection of this body. Again, as my birthdays click off, I'm realizing that gravity begins to win. And there's, there's some aches and some pains that we begin to accumulate. And it's like, oh, wow. We're in need of a new body. We really need a new body. And uh, we can get discouraged. I mean, resurrection is connected with the newness of a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth. God, God, God really does want our, our planet to be redeemed. He really does want earth to be a better place for humans. He, that, he really does want that. And many of us work towards that, but we really get discouraged. So we just, we just need, oh Lord, we need resurrection. So if that's your need, just, let's just take a moment. Let's ask him for that. Lord, give us that gift, that reminder that this body, this body with all of its limitations, this body someday will be raised from the cemetery. <laughs> wow. And Lord, thank you that that new day has already begun because you've already been raised. Thank you that you were raised prematurely. You didn't wait to the end of the age you were raised before so that, Lord, a new creation now exists within us, those, those of us that believe. 
So, Lord, give us that, that gift of faith to believe you're the resurrection, the life. Give us that gift to know hope. Give us that gift, Lord. And then finally, I think we all, we all, I mean, I would choose life over death most of the time. Don't we want to be alive? Don't we want to be fully alive? I, I truly don't believe we can be like fully alive without being infused with the Holy Spirit, which is the gift that Jesus gives us. That, that following Jesus, knowing Jesus, believing in Jesus, accepting Jesus, accepting what Jesus... That, then, that produces life. So let's, 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 let's ask for life. Lord, raise us. Raise us from those situations that feel like they're just suffocating us, that we're dying. Lord, we need life. Holy Spirit, come. Infuse us with life. The resurrected life of Jesus. Life that springs up from the within us and empowers this body. Even though this body is failing, there's still life within. Renew us, Lord, from the inside out with the life of Jesus. Lord, we receive the gift of forgiveness. Lord, we receive the gift of the resurrection of our body. Lord, we receive the gift of life, life everlasting that begins to now. Lord, we, we receive those gifts because of you, Jesus. Together we say we believe, Jesus, you are the Son of the living God, our Lord and our Savior. Thank you for your death and your resurrection for us. In your name, amen. Last thing I would like us to do is I'd like Noel and Kate to go over here. And I'd like for us, whoever would like to embrace them, hug them, pray for them, please do that. Also, just want to remind you, this is a great deal. I mean, it's a, I mean this, we got to tell people about this. I mean, how do you keep the death and the resurrection of Jesus under a wrap? I mean, what? So the ladies that were stunned to silence, they, they finally, they let it out. You know, they, this is what we saw. So would you please tell somebody? Tell somebody. Tell somebody what you believe. Tell somebody the benefits of knowing Jesus and following Jesus, what the cross and the resurrection means to you. Enjoy doing that. Our world needs to hear this. Deal? All right, let's do it. Okay. All right, thank you very much for our morning together. Be sure and hug those two as you go.